All right, welcome back to another episode of the Cody Tucker Show. As always, I'm your host, Cody Tucker. Um, got a pretty jam-packed uh, docket of things to discuss, so uh, why don't we just dive right into it? How about that? And some pretty interesting stories here at the end, um, which you'll definitely want to uh, stay tuned for, because I think they're pretty goddamn fascinating. Uh, but before we get into, you know, those topics, um, let's see, what is first? So, <laughs> um, so a flying car prototype has been approved by the FAA, and we are all going to die. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, now I will say, from the picture of this car, it looks awesome. Like, the car itself looks so fucking cool but i am already a such a nervous driver like constantly like tending to fucking shake <laughs> like i am i do not do well driving a motor vehicle the only thing that could make my fear of driving worse is for there to be fucking <laughs> an aerial threat at all times and a flying car is, I mean, it's already dangerous enough driving on a road. Now add in a second layer of cars 200 feet in the air. Like, okay, so this has been a thing that people have wanted for hundreds of years. That might be too long. At least 100 years, people have been talking about Flying cars, flying cars. As soon as a car was invented, what if they flew? Like, <laughs> like that has been, like, in every sci-fi movie you watch, whatever, whether it's Blade Runner, Star Wars, whatever, there's always, uh, back to the future, always flying cars. There's a reason, they can be made. Like, we have planes, we have cars, Pretty easy to smush them together and make one. There's a reason why it hasn't happened. <laughs> it's it's not because we don't know how to make them. It's I mean, there are smart enough people who could put wings on a fucking car. The problem is that it is a goddamn death trap. Like, just knowing how shitty most people are at driving and how many times I've driven around and just seen... You know, you see a traffic jam, and you're like, huh, well, I wonder what the fuck happened. You looked, and somebody has ran a red light and T-boned a fucking family of five. That's horrible. Now, imagine <laughs> that you are 200 feet in the air, and somebody T-bones you, and now you both plummet at breakneck speeds into oncoming traffic, who now, now instead of taking out two cars... You are now taking out like five or six. It is, I mean, as cool as this car looks, we don't need our we don't need cars leaving the ground. Just don't need it. I, I mean, I am. I mean, cars to boats, go go for it. Like you're at least at, you're at sea level regardless. Whether you're on the road in the water, you're you know you're in a spot that you can fucking manage. And there are cars that go into boat uh, that you know work is whatever aquatic vehicles i think lyndon johnson had one which is actually pretty fucking funny that lyndon johnson used to have a car that 
could drive into the water and become a boat. And he used to fuck with people by saying that the brakes were out (laughs) and just fucking driving straight into like a goddamn lake and having people just shit themselves thinking that they're about to die sitting next to, you know, the president who most likely had the largest penis in world history. So I guess, you know, worst comes to worst. They could use that fucker as a uh, flotation device, but yeah, I am, I am not a fan of this at all. Let the record show. I am against flying cars. I and already like can you imagine how fucking loud it's going to be like you know I live basically in a pretty small city relatively adjacent to a much larger city and I know how bad traffic is the closer I get to said larger city and how just fucking how just insanely loud the traffic is whenever you're walking around like Dallas, Texas, Austin, Texas, wherever, New York, Jesus. The last thing we need in New York City (laughs) is more of a chance for shit to fly into other shit. Um, I mean, like how loud it would be. I mean, planes are loud. Even tiny planes are really fucking loud. Like, you can be sitting outside and hear a loud noise. You're like, Jesus, is that a fucking, like, massive, like, jumbo jet flying over? And you look, and it's just some little, like, you know, little shit kicker of a plane just putting along. And it's, like, blaringly loud. Now, imagine 5,000 of them <laughs> flying around. You know, I don't know. This is going to be... It is going to be a bloodbath <laughs> as soon as this starts happening. I'm ho- I mean, I don't know what the FAA does. I, pretty much the only time I ever hear FAA, it's because shit went wrong. <laughs> you don't tend to hear like you don't tend to hear read news stories where the FAA did something amazing and saved lives. <laughs> it's pretty much <laughs> them like trying to cover their ass after a plane goes missing or two planes fucking collide into each other or a plane collides into a building. Um, so, oh boy, this, this is a fucking nightmare. I mean, it, it is my biggest fear. My Having a bunch of 16-year-olds getting their license and being able to just take off into the air. <laughs> oh, my God. Drunk driving. Drunk flying is going to be... Which, you know, I think I could be wrong about this, but I've read like some statistics that show that like drunk driving has decreased like drastically, you know, with like Uber and Lyft and um, just more people like not needing to get drunk and drive, which I guess nobody really needs to. But boy, is it fun. (laughs) Um, Drunk flying is is a fear that I didn't know I was going to have in my lifetime. It's. It's something I thought, like, you know, my kids' kids are going to worry about. Like, let those little fuckers, you know, <laughs> get crushed to death by a, by a car that just fell 300 feet. I did not think I was going to need to be worrying about this. Like, the amount of shit I worry about on a daily basis, whether it's, you know, you know, am I going to wake up? <laughs> like, am I getting too fat to where, like, if I fall asleep, 
like, could it be fatal for me to fall asleep? <laughs> like all those things. Am I, is my foot going to get cut off? Am I getting lung cancer because I can't stop ripping through fucking heaters like a goddamn chimney? Uh, yeah, I didn't think flying cars was going to be something I was going to be worrying about, but well, here it is. So yeah, well, Hopes and hopes and prayers for everyone, and you know, may the may the best men, uh, may the best of us survive. <laughs> All right, next. Oh fuck this! Fuck everything about this. So Burger King in Thailand just uh, started selling the real cheeseburger. It is twenty slices of American cheese, no meat. <laughs> this is. Like, I threw up in my mouth a little bit when I saw this for the first time. I was like, this has to be a fucking joke. And then I saw where the Burger King is. I was like, well, all right then. I mean, I've watched enough episodes of uh, Anthony Bourdain or Bizarre Foods to know that people in Thailand eat some wild shit. So eating 20 slices of cheese sandwiched into a sesame seed bun is is pretty mild (laughs) compared to, you know, fucking deep fried scorpions and shit although i would try a deep fried scorpion and from what i recall apparently it tastes like almonds i'm a big fan of almonds so maybe i could eat bugs i would never like i'm not lactose intolerant thank god (laughs) but i think this would trigger lactose intolerance in anyone who ate this and i mean i would be gummed up for months I tried knocking down and knowing me knowing my just gluttonous mindset like I wouldn't just order one of these like I've never gone to a McDonald's Burger King whatever which is Burger King set the record we'll set the record straight like right now Burger King is the worst fast food burger on the planet I mean I think Whataburger is I I mean I've shit on Whataburger plenty I went and got Whataburger the other night, just as disgusting as I remember. I don't, I don't know why I did it, um, but I went and got it. God, it was fucking gross. But across the street is a Burger King, and between the two, I was not picking fucking Burger King. It that Burger King is so fucking nasty to me, and yeah, leave it to that, leave it to that shithole of a chain. Uh, for them to make a goddamn all cheese burger, twenty slices. <laughs> like that cheese isn't real. I mean, that cheese is basically that cheese is basically like you know whenever you used to buy CDs and you could like you rip off the plastic, which oh felt fucking amazing. You rip off that plastic. That's basically it, just ironed out and spray painted yellow. That's the kind of cheese that's on this fucking burger. So, man, it. That being said, I would order probably five of these if I <laughs> if any other place made them except Burger King. I'm probably going and giving it a shot. God, I mean, just looking at the picture is making my fucking skin crawl. I mean, that's so much goddamn. Which I look, it has not been. I would be lying if I said I haven't at times in my life 
gone into my refrigerator, seen a block of cheese, and just start cutting slices off of it and eating it. And before I realize it, I've eaten half a block of cheese. <laughs> and this is at like 1.30 in the morning. I'm like, like whenever I was like 12, 13, I would legit go into my kitchen and just cut half a block, half of the block of cheese and just bring it back into my room and just start eating it like I was a fucking mouse and watching, you know, Comedy Central waiting for the Girls Gone Wild uh, commercials to come on. Like, like that was that is how I spent a good chunk of my preteen to early teen years. So eating just a shit ton of cheese is not that repulsive to me. Eating 20 slices of a Amer- of that shitty craft singles bullshit in a bun is disgusting. Everything about that is fucking just putrid. God, I, I, no, fuck that. Um, so let's move on before I fucking throw up, which I probably need to anyway. So maybe I will keep looking at this later. <laughs> Use it as a point of reference. Oh man. So this has been, I would say, biggest news story of the past, uh, or at least in my world, biggest news story of the past week or so. Um, so. In case you don't know, pretty sizable chunk of cocaine was found at the White House. <laughs> and Secret Service did an investigation. And surprise, surprise, they don't know who the fuck whose <laughs> cocaine it is. Um, Secret Service concludes cocaine investigation. No suspect identified. Yeah, no shit. Um, I am no Sherlock Holmes. Um, I do consider myself a bit of an amateur sleuth. Um, a gumshoe, if you will. I, I think I kind of have a pretty good idea of whose cocaine this is. <laughs> there happens to be a fella with very close connections to the White House who is a habitual crackhead, <laughs> and uh, it's not it's not it's not a rumor. The fucker recorded videos of himself showing off his crackheadness. So, yeah, it's probably his. <laughs> I mean, so, like, I read into this. I was like, how the fuck? So, the White House, in my mind, I imagine, the most secure, just cameras everywhere, fucking, you can't, I mean, a fucking mosquito couldn't fart in that building without somebody knowing about it and recording it. Apparently, there are blind spots all over the White House, and I guess everyone knows who works in the White House knows where these blind spots are, so you could just stash shit in there. And that is where they found this cocaine, was by chance (laughs) in an area by these, like, cubbies where cameras couldn't see. I mean, look, my local Walmart, has basically 100% view with their security cameras. How the fuck does the White House not have that? And now, that is astounding. But also, there is not a fucking chance that this is the only time that a bag of drugs 
has been in the White House. <laughs> I mean, finding a bag of cocaine in the White you could probably find that. I mean, a goddamn moron. A blind kid could walk through the White House and find a bag of coke, I imagine, or some sort of drugs. There is no way that the White House is a drug-free zone. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm surprised there's not a bag of fucking ecstasy pills, a bag of fucking, you know, morphine. There's got, I mean, there's got to be. There's probably an entire pharmacy of the good shit in the White House somewhere. So, yeah, if the president's son happens to accidentally leave a bag of his coke, uh, you know, somewhere in the White House, big fucking deal. There's, look, I mean, at least in modern times, there ain't a single president that <laughs> that isn't, you know, at least got a toe in the drug waters. Fucking, F, well, F, I don't know, let's start with Kennedy. Kennedy was a massive drug addict. He had a doctor literally called Dr. Feelgood who would just make these concoctions of methamphetamine, uh, morphine, codeine, basically speed. I mean, like the shit that killed John Belushi was basically put into a syringe and injected into John Fitzgerald Kennedy on a daily basis. And also given to his wife, Jackie Kennedy. <laughs> so there's one president that was a, I mean, there are drugs all over the White House for him. Lyndon Johnson 100% was doing coke. The amount of alcohol that Lyndon Johnson was consuming in the White House, for him to have even been able to stand up straight, he was going to have to, you know, bump a key <laughs> just to kind of even himself out like fucking Denzel in flight. Um... Who was after Lyndon Johnson? Richard Nixon. Uh, Tricky Dick, most likely a drug addict. I know Pat Nixon, his wife, hardcore alcoholic. They used to find her ass crawling around in the bushes behind the White House looking for shit because she was so hammered. So, yeah, she was probably dabbling in a little coke too. Uh, who's after Nixon? Gerald Ford. Probably. I mean, Gerald Ford had legitimate CTE from football. <laughs> so it could be drugs, or it could be that his brain looked like Swiss cheese. Jimmy Carter, 100% was smoking dope. Jimmy Carter used to bring Willie Nelson to the White House, and Willie Nelson said he smoked weed with Jimmy Carter's son on the roof of the White House. So, yeah, I'm sure Jimmy Carter was definitely partaking in a little... uh reefer ronald reagan that's god's president ronald reagan was not doing drugs <laughs> um george hw bush coke uh bill clinton <laughs> everything <laughs> bill clinton 100 percent was lacing uh viagra with cocaine george w bush cokehead uh obama probably smoking a little a uh, little grass if i had to imagine um, da, 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 Donald Trump, a lot of Adderall, <laughs> uh, and then Joe Biden. I don't know what drugs it may. It, the, I don't know what drug has the effect of seeming like you're lost everywhere you go. 
<laughs> but whatever drug does that to someone, that's the drug he's on. And then, of course, his son is a actual crackhead, which is fucking hilarious. Um, and, you know, whoever becomes president next probably will also be a drug addict. Um, this will not be the last time that a bag of drugs has, you know, will be found in the White House. Might just, maybe people will be a little better at hiding it. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so I just thought that that was fascinating that um, a big old bag of Coke was found in what is supposed to be the most secure building in the fucking country, basically. Um, da, 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 da. Okay, so this shit. I am get I'm so goddamn sick of this shit. So climate activists block golf course holes with seedlings and cement. So basically these fucking prick pieces of shit pussies that are so worried about the environment. Look, let me tell you something. If <laughs> if they got in the way of me getting a birdie, I'm burning down the whole fucking rainforest. <laughs> I'm flying to Brazil, match in hand, and lighting that bitch up. Like if I, if I, if I'm telling you, if it if it fucks my handicap, oh man, there's gonna be hell to pay. Fuck the pandas, fuck the tigers. I'm taking out everything. <laughs> and these pieces of shit went to this golf course and just filled a bunch of shit with cement and then planted a bunch of dumbass plants on the green. Now, that being said, my local golf course, uh, the greens pretty much look like this already. <laughs> so I'm kind of used to uh, dodging piles of cement and, uh, you know, brush. But, um, yeah, like, I'm I'm putting through about five layers of foliage every time I'm trying to fucking you know, sink about a six foot putt. So I'd probably still play this course to par um, <laughs> regardless, but just this whole fucking movement of these just whiny and look in all seriousness, I'm not, I do actually care about the environment to an extent. I care about the rainforest. I love animals. Um, I fucking cut up my goddamn plastic before I put it in the trash. Even though I don't think mine is going into the ocean. I'm pretty sure it's just going into a landfill somewhere. Regardless, I still feel better at night that I cut up my little, you know, plastic and shit. Um, I don't want some fucking turtle swimming around the ocean suffocating. Because I, you know, couldn't take a pair of scissors to a, you know, a six-pack uh, Dr. Pepper plastic. Regardless... I mean, so I'm, I'm not that fucking heartless. But these pricks who keep fucking up stuff like this or going and just throwing paint onto paintings that are covered in glass. <laughs> so you're not doing shit to the painting. All they got to do is have the goddamn uh, cleaning crew come over and just spray a little Windex on the fucking Van Gogh. Um, but these people that keep doing that are like t gluing themselves to shit. Or these fuckers that like dumped a bunch of, like, what was it, food coloring and shit into the Trevi Fountain. They're really not doing a good job at raising awareness for the environment. <laughs> they are making people really hate the fucking environment. <laughs> like, I... 
I mean, I wasn't going to be sending money to any of this shit anyways. But if I were so inclined at one point in my life to send money to help the environment, I am never doing it now. <laughs> as long as these douchebags keep doing stuff like this, I'm not sending a fucking dime. I'm fucking, I'm not recycling, which I don't recycle anyways. I mean, who's, who has the fucking time? Um, like I, you know, I don't, I don't do my part. I'm not carbon neutral by any stretch of the imagination, but now I like, I might, you know, I have a car that gets decent gas mileage. I might try to trade that fucker in and get like an, a 2004 Hummer and just, just start blaring down the street. Like I, man, fuck the environment. Fuck it. Fuck all of fuck all of this shit. Stop fucking with golf courses. Stop throwing paint on Van Goghs. Um, I mean, just do normal shit. Jesus Christ. Um, okay, well, so somewhat speaking of things like this, so um, police say tourists filmed allegedly carving Ivan and Haley on Rome's Colosseum have been identified. Yeah. Fucking murder them. <laughs> I'm, I, I, look, I saw this, and as a fan of history, the Colosseum is, the is, I would argue, the most significant historical landmark in the world. Like, I don't know of another place that is that old with that much esteem that is still around. For these two fucking dickweeds to go there and carve Ivan and Haley. They need to be... I know they're filming Gladiator 2 right now. Use them as extras and chop their goddamn heads off. Not only for the fact that they did this, but anyone who spells their name Haley with two Ys already needs to be locked up. You don't have to carve your name into shit. Just having H-A-Y-L-E-Y as the spelling of your name, fuck you. Lock them up. Put them in a goddamn Italian prison. Holy shit. I... And just the smug look on this douchebag's face. Like, he knew what the fuck was going on. And I think they tried to, like, make it seem like they didn't know that this was the Coliseum. What did you think it was? I mean, it's not a fucking Dunkin' Donuts. Like, it's... I, I imagine pretty clearly designated as the goddamn Colosseum. It's the most famous building in Rome besides, like, the Vatican, if you consider that as being part of Rome and not part of another country, whatever. Um, probably less brutal shit going on in the Colosseum than what's going on in the Vatican, but that's a whole other thing. Um... I just think it's incredible that people are just people are really stupid, and I'm not. I'm I'm one of them. I'm not above any of this. I mean, I would never carve my name into the goddamn Coliseum. I would never glue my hand to a fucking Monet. Um, but yeah, I would never spell my name with two Y's. But you know, but apparently, according to you know most of the comments. <laughs> I'm a fucking dumb, fat bastard, which, yeah, fair. 
<laughs> but, but still, geez, you don't have to say it. All right, so enough of that. That's the news. Um, let's talk about some shit from history, sort of history. Um, oh, holy shit. Um, so three, another three, I would say very interesting stories. Hopefully you agree. Hopefully you also find them interesting. Um, we got one about a Hollywood legend, one about a wild ass president and another about the singer of a very famous rock band. So if you're into any of those three things, let's go. So first is the story of the curse of James Dean's car. So James Dean, not porn star, actual actor James Dean. Massively famous actor from the 50s. Um, pretty much like the first teen idol, I would say. Was only in three movies in his uh, in his lifetime. And I think only one of them actually came out while he was alive. But he made three movies. Rebel Without a Cause, East of Eden, and um, Giant. And uh, just became this, like, you know, he's one of the most famous actors to ever live, even though only in three movies. James Dean also, massive fan of racing, massive fan of race cars, fast shit. So James Dean bought this Porsche. This Porsche is basically a goddamn rocket, a silver bullet. I mean, when you look at the car, it looks like a car <laughs> that is real dangerous for a dude in his early 20s to own. Um, James Dean got this car and was kind of driving it around showing it to people. One of the people he showed it to, actor named Alec Guinness, which if you do know who Alec Guinness is, it's most likely because he was goddamn Obi-Wan Kenobi in the original Star Wars. He was also in, I think, like Bridge on the River Kwai. He's in a lot of shit. Alec Guinness met up with James Dean. James Dean goes to show Alec Guinness's car, kind of show it off to him. Alec Guinness said that he felt like chills down his body, told James Dean, you will die in this car in one week. And James Dean said, okay, whatever. Like, kind of laughed it off. Alec Guinness was dead serious, had a premonition that James Dean was going to be dead within a week in this car. A week later, James Dean is with a buddy, buddy's in the passenger seat. They're driving around this like kind of cliffside, um, and they come around a corner, a little bit of a straightaway. Another car, or truck, I believe, is coming towards them in their lane. James Dean, according to the guy in the seat next to him, James Dean's last words were, and I quote, he's got to stop, he'll see us. He didn't. He, the driver, claimed that he never saw this car. Never, was paying attention to the road and just didn't see James Dean's Porsche and ran straight headfirst into him. The only person who died was James Dean. And this car was fucking mangled to shit. Um, so James Dean dies instantly. The, the massive career that he would have had gone. He gets basically uh, replaced by Marlon Brando. Um, 
And that's it. James Dean is done. I believe like 24 years old, like young as shit. Only made three movies. It was probably going to be, could have easily been the the biggest actor ever. Fucking dead. Now, what made the car seem even more like curse, besides Alec Guinness, you'll be dead in one week, is that what they did... So people are already just massively big fans of James Dean, obviously, um, and wanted pieces of the car as like memorabilia. Now, the engine of the car was actually still pretty decently intact. So they took the engine out of the car and sold it, and it ended up getting put into an actual race car. And the guy who was driving the race car was in a race, crashed, and died and was the only person in that crash who died the rest of the car like the actual body of the car all mangled up went on tour around the country as basically a warning for teenagers and adults too but mostly teenagers to like practice safe driving which james dean not long before he died was in a commercial advertise like a psa for safe driving um so this car goes around the country, uh, goes to all these high schools, so all these kids can go look at the car, this just mangled up Porsche, and see you know what happened to their hero, James Dean, because, which I don't even think James Dean was like driving super fast. Like it was, it became the misconception that it was James Dean's fault that this wreck happened. Because, you know, he's in this, like, goddamn race car. So everybody thinks, oh, he must have been flying and not paying attention. I don't believe that that was the case. I believe that the guy was dry, was in the wrong lane and didn't see the car. So who knows? But anyways, it gets shown all around the country as a warning. On route to from one high school to another, the guy driving the truck that is so... James Dean's Porsche is on a trailer being pulled by this truck. That truck gets into a wreck. The driver of truck gets shot out of the truck. Car, James Dean's car, flies off the trailer and crushes the guy to death. (laughs) In a final, like, legit final destination fucking just, like, gory blood fest. This driver ends up dead, crushed to death by James Dean's car. And yeah, so ever since then, people have been like, oh, this this fucking car is legitimately cursed. So you might say, okay, well, this car must be like locked up somewhere. People need to like stay away from this damn thing. Well, no one knows where this car is. Car completely has disappeared somehow. Um... Yeah, so <laughs> um, somewhere out there is James Dean's ghost car looking for another victim. So, you know, keep your head on a swivel. My God. So there's story of James Dean's car. Next is the story of the first attempted presidential assassination. So the first president who someone tried to kill was Andrew Jackson. Andrew Jackson was the Washington Adams Jefferson, Madison Monroe Adams Jackson. Seventh president? 
I believe seventh president, um, fought in the War of 1812, the Battle of Orleans, um, massively influential president, also a real scumbag. <laughs> I mean, not to go into just an insane amount of details about how much of a piece of shit Andrew Jackson was, but Andrew Jackson was um, pretty instrumental in the Indian Removal Act and forcing in Native Americans out of the eastern side of the country and off into the west, where most of them fucking died. Andrew Jackson found this little, like, orphaned Native American boy and kept him not as a, an adopted son, but as a pet. Basically, as a pet dog. And would show him to people as, like, a, like a gimmick. Like, oh, look at my pet Indian. <laughs> not good. Um, Andrew Jackson also, when he was elected president, had this massive party at the White House where basically all of Washington, D.C. was invited. Like, not politics Washington, D.C., but just the people. Um, and so people would just show up to the White House and get trashed and wouldn't leave. So they basically had to, like, trick people into leaving the White House so that they could, like, lock the gate behind them. <laughs> um, Andrew Jackson was liked by a lot of people, especially like especially the common folk. He was, in a sense, Donald Trump before Donald Trump. Like, people in Washington, not a fan. <laughs> and, you know, obviously a good chunk of the regular country, like citizenry, also not a fan. But a lot of the common folks, especially in the South, massive fans of Andrew Jackson. Um... But one of the guys who did not like Andrew Jackson wanted to kind of make his point. <laughs> he kind of wanted he wanted his point to come across loud and clear. So he went up to Andrew Jackson, pulled out a pistol, and fired it at him. Except that pistol misfired. So pulls out second pistol, points at Andrew Jackson. Pulls trigger, another misfire. Andrew Jackson is like, oh shit, <laughs> I'm alive. Goes down the steps with his cane, beats the shit out of this guy. Almost beats him to death. Another guy comes over and helps Andrew Jackson beat the shit out of him. That guy was a fucking arch rival of Andrew Jackson's by the name of Davy Crockett. <laughs> so you don't know David Crockett. I mean, King of the Wild Frontier. Dun, 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 dun. Um, wore a little raccoon skin cap. None of that shit probably ever happened. But he did move from Tennessee to Texas, fought in the Alamo, and was killed by General Santana um, after, you know, the siege of the Alamo. Uh, but David Crockett and Andrew Jackson, I do not believe, were fans of each other. But regardless, David Crockett still helped Andrew Jackson beat the shit of this dude. They pulled him off. End of that story. But Andrew Jackson... Um, so they had the pistols tested to see like what happened, like why they misfired. And there was no rhyme or reason, really, why the pistols misfired. It was basically a fluke that happened not once, but twice. Where 
like whenever they tried to, whenever they tested them, they fired perfectly. So it just didn't work when this guy tried to shoot him. And then again, when he tried to shoot him a second time, but whenever they tested him, pistols were in perfect condition, worked just fine. So it was like a one in a million chance. These didn't go off and kill the president of the United States. Also, Andrew Jackson, known for being able to take a bullet. So before this, he was in a duel. Actually used to duel, I think, quite a bit. But he was in a duel with someone where he, knowing that the you know the other guy was going to be real nervous trying to get off the first shot as fast as possible, was probably going to be pretty shaky and not able to fire, you know, not able to fire with, like, deadly accuracy so andrew jackson just stood there and let him shoot him <laughs> and and was right the guy shot like i think nicked his shoulder or something like barely even clipped him and then andrew jackson uh shot him and you know yeah into that duel so andrew jackson a wild motherfucker and to put a bow on the uh, andrew jackson story when andrew jackson was alive he had a parrot who he taught how to speak like most people with parrots. And like most 12-year-old boys <laughs> with parrots, only taught the bitch to say cuss words. That's it. <laughs> just taught this parrot to just swear like a goddamn sailor. And so when Andrew Jackson died, they had his funeral. Parrot was also at funeral. And they had to escort the parrot <laughs> out of the funeral because he couldn't stop cussing in, you know, the back of the uh, funeral house. So... Yeah, wild. So there's the Andrew Jackson thing. Andrew Jackson may, you know, was definitely a, a big piece of shit, but kind of a badass in some ways too. So yeah, history's complicated. Um, so last story involves one of the, I would argue, most underrated rock bands of all time. A band who was, for a good number of years in the 70s, massive is a band three dog night which if you don't know who three dog night is that's probably because you didn't have alcoholic parents <laughs> if you're around my age and are very familiar with three dog night it's probably because you're very familiar with your family getting trashed and singing uh you know jeremiah was a bullfrog you know, as loud as they could at two in the morning while you're trying to like beg them to go home <laughs> for us to go home. Um, you know, it could, that story be uh, a little personable about me possibly. Um, so anyways, three dog night, massively, massively famous band, uh, huge singles, like joy to the world. One mama told me not to come, uh, never been to Spain. Uh, Black and White, I think, is one. Anyways, huge, huge songs uh, throughout like the early to mid-70s. Their entire career <laughs> as a band was funded by the Mafia. So the Mafia had a real strong hand in uh, making Three Dog Night a very successful band. Even so, I think like their accountant was shot and paralyzed by... A member of the mafia like three dark night was yeah very well connected to uh you know to the mafia um but the story that is you know i think wildly fascinating involves uh the lead singer of three dark night a 
fellow named Chuck Negron, um, who is also the cousin of the pizza delivery guy from Fast Times at Ridgemont High. <laughs> like, yeah. So that guy, the guy that delivers the pizza to Sean Penn, a.k.a. Jeff Spicoli, uh, during the mid- middle of uh, was it geography class. That's a guy named Taylor Negron, cousin of Chuck, who is singer of Three Dog Night. So old Chuck, he, like most rock stars, especially in the 70s, is just fucking his way through the United States. I mean, banging everybody, left and right. Which, you know, this is obviously pre-AIDS, so the worst thing that's going to happen is you get a little bit of the uh, clap, take a penicillin, and, uh, you know, you're back out there on the field. So, (laughs) So, old Chuck is, I mean, just plowing. And ends up getting kind of a burning, painful feeling on his penis. And looks, his penis is massively swollen and chafed. Now, obviously this is in the 70s when every chick basically had a prehistoric fern growing in their pants. So, yeah, <laughs> probably going to be a little bit of a of rug burn on that thing. So, he looks at the swollenness and the chafing as like a like a sign of pride like uh, you know looks at it pridefully like i'm doing so much fucking that my dick is like getting tougher <laughs> like i'm getting calluses on my goddamn pecker right now um so he kind of ignores it for a little while then it just gets worse and worse and finally goes to the doctor doctor tells old chuck hey you got to stop fucking <laughs> like you've got to keep it in your pants at least for a little bit. Let this chafing and swelling go away or it could be bad. And he's like, oh, yeah, 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 sure, sure. Immediately just goes out and starts having sex with groupies again. Until one time he's having sex with this woman, I believe a Miss America contestant. So good on you. And feels a really painful (laughs) sensation and hears a ripping noise what he described as a ripping noise looks down and his dick has literally burst open like exploded popped open like a goddamn hebrew national (laughs) and is like "Uh uh-oh this isn't good (laughs) so immediately he's like hey uh, i'll call you gets in a car goes to hospital they sew his dick back up, and apparently, like all the nurses are like laughing because they're like, "Jesus Christ, this dude's dick exploded!" And sew it up, and as soon as he's healed again, back at it. <laughs> so that's the story of Chuck Negron, singer of uh, Three Dog Night, one of the I think criminally underrated bands, whose dick exploded. So with that. Uh, I guess that'll wrap up this episode. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Um, Again, be sure to like and subscribe, tell a friend, all that good stuff. And uh, until next time, goodbye.